Welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture biology podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery. And today we are talking about an episode from one of our absolutely favorite shows of all time, CSI. All right, uh, Lindsay, do you want to tell everybody which episode we talked about or we watched this week? Yep. Uh, so we this is uh, Las Vegas edition, the original and only, really. Uh, um, we watched uh, season one, episode ten. So very, very, very early CSI. I did not write down the date of the episode. I just launched, wrote down that it was CSI started in 2000. So it was 2001, I think. Or no, it was the mid-season finale of the first season, so like 2000. Yeah, yeah, like December or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And CSI, as we all know, was very, very popular, launched a thousand spinoffs. It had 15 seasons and 335 episodes. (laughs) 15 seasons, holy... 15 seasons, which is ridiculous. It's a lot of Las Vegas crime. Um, almost as much ER, uh, emergency medical cases as in <laughs> Chicago. It was like a major throwback to sit and watch this episode. Yes, because I haven't yeah. watched one. Well, I watched a bunch when I was house-sitting for your parents because they oh. had cable. Oh, yeah. Um, in April. But that mm. was like, I don't know, like season eight or nine. Oh, yeah, it was. It was Diorama Killer, which is the Ooh. best. So good. Um, or like right after that, they were like, yeah finding her or something anyway so it was very late but it was still awesome because i love grissom spoiler alert i'm gonna say that a couple more times so good so yeah i didn't specifically remember watching this episode but once like when i was when we were looking up like episodes to watch um i remembered like the sort of general because it's still doing some character introduction so they're introducing like grissom likes bugs Mm-hmm. Everybody and... wants to sleep with Nick. Warwick's got a messy personal life. Mm-hmm. So does everybody else, yep. except for Grissom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that basically yeah. sums up because Grissom is a robot because he's a scientist and doesn't like anything. Yeah. 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 And like Catherine's issues and Sarah. Mm-hmm. So I just I just went to IMDb. It aired on December twenty second. Ooh. Uh, 2000. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Here's some bugs. <laughs> yeah. And it was, um, so we actually, this episode was called Sex, Lies, and Larvae. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's when it aired. And it was very, like we said, it was very early on. So it was still like, didn't know what it wanted to do. And it had, so it had three cases and they were all. Um, everybody was spread out and working on small little things like art theft and missing people. Yeah. So much more chill than later oh, on. There were no like crazy jump cuts. It was a delight to yep. watch. It was mm-hmm. so chill. It was so chill. It was, it's like when you go back and watch the first season of ER and you're like, I am so bored. Why haven't they intubated this person yet? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was, it was good though. I liked it. I liked it too. I liked so it. I mean, we had issues, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, as an episode of CSI, it was quality stuff. Yeah. 
Um, so we're going to focus on the main, on the A plot, which is Grissom and Seraph uh, have to investigate a body that's found in the forests or whatever yeah, wilderness like in the of wilderness. Nevada. Yeah. Um, with Jim, Captain mm-hmm. Brass. Um, and Grissom's all excited because there's lots and lots of bugs. Yeah. Um, and they all start off, they start off with a really bad like lampshady Beatles joke, but whatever. Um, well, and like the first thing they figure out is that it, the body, like the girl, the woman wasn't killed there. She was moved there. Like they can tell pretty easily because of blood and lack of and drag marks and stuff. Yeah. So then they go back and they do an autopsy and Grissom finds more bugs, including a musket fly, which means she definitely came from an urban area. Cause they only live there. Um, mm-hmm. and, then Brass identifies her, and they go meet the husband. Um, oh, and they also the, discover that she's got um, oh, various ages fractures. of facial fractures, um, yeah. which is, like, pretty... Either she was in a motor vehicle accident, plays... Was it hockey? Or no, it's, oh. it was drives race cars. Oh, drives race cars, or it has an abusive partner. So um, they're pretty sure, and it's pretty clearly confirmed when they meet him that he's mm-hmm. yeah, terrible. He's a giant dangleberry. They do normal talking and asking him stuff. He has a firm alibi for being out of town for three days. Um, and he saw her five days ago and they're all like, well, Grissom's bugs will tell us the tale. And yeah. so then they go and there's a science montage. And it is oh. great. And there's so many like close-up shots of Grissom like pinning flies to things and then like putting his hands to his mouth like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's delightful. It's yeah. It's so, so good. And he's got um, like this like really old inkblot printout of like how big beetles are supposed to be in different sizes. It's so yeah. nerdy. I yeah. love it. It is weird. There weren't like massive books with like diagrams and like um, yeah, well, he was like his desk was covered in papers and books. That's but true. That's true. Maybe he old he maybe he didn't buy the Beetle book. Maybe I don't know. Um, the other thing that would have been cool to see was like a uh, um, dichotomous key. So like how like how you can identify different species. Sort of like it's like yes or no answers basically, and you work your way through dichotomous like two die, and then you like work your like is it this or this like does it have this yeah. or does it have that, and then you sort of like split your way narrow narrow things down. But maybe he's beyond no, that. Just, yeah, know. he doesn't need that. He probably writes those in his probably. spare time. I just like a good dichotomous key. <laughs> I know you do, but so does Grissom. But I he's, know. he's memorized them all. He's memorized them all for all Which... the bugs in Vegas, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so they do a bunch of science and Sarah's pretty convinced that the husband killed her because she finds all sorts of other evidence, like they match fibers to the blankets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he says, no, she's been dead for three days. The bugs don't lie. And outrage, scandal and... Scandal, who else could it have been? What are we going to do? And, um, then everyone's very upset uh, especially Sarah, who goes on a very unprofessional rampage. Um, and in our unprofessional opinions, should not be working there. Especially shouldn't, like, shouldn't have been working that case. Like, she was clearly, like, 
too emotionally compromised. Like she tries to like attack the husband. Yeah, like she and, and like, she does verbally attack him like yeah. a couple of times. And like Grissom, her boss, like doesn't like lets her keep working the case, doesn't mm-hmm. make her like get help. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Like there's only one at one point he says, You're confused. It's the best place for a scientist to be, which that I agree with, but she's dealing with her confusion in a very bad way. And I wouldn't say that she's confused. She's mad that the evidence isn't fitting into the box that she decided it was going to be in because she she assumes that once somebody's in an abusive relationship that it's them who did it. Yeah, which I'm fairly certain is another episode later that it actually turns out to not be that person. Well, and about the confused thing, like, yeah, that is true. Like, confused is the best place for a scientist to be. Like, doesn't have their mind made up. But not about, like, their personal personal emotional yeah. place. Like, it's about what the meaning of data, not, like, how to control your emotions. And she's saying, like, she can't sleep because she can hear the victim's screams. I'm like, you? Like, how are you in this job? Like, if that's how you're reacting to dead people, you should not be working with dead people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, she, she needs to look after herself before she can look after other people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but other than that, the science of the bugs and stuff was, like, pretty good. I couldn't find any reference at all to musket flies. And I, I didn't mean I didn't, like, pull out books. I just used the internet. But the internet's got, like, pretty good bug references. But I think what he might have been talking about are blowflies. So... Blowflies are often the first ones to arrive at a dead body. They're frequently used by um, forensic entomologists to get a pretty accurate estimation of the time of death. Because if they know, um, based on like weather conditions, like temperature and humidity, and like the age of the um, blowflies being established, then um, they can sort of work backwards to get a time of death. That's sort of like a pretty standard thing to do. So that was cool. Yeah, so for the rest of the plot is that Grissom then examines the blanket that she, the body was wrapped in again, and he's like, oh, it was wrapped way tighter than I thought it was going to be. So he gets a pig, a full pig, from the from butcher a, shop. Yeah, from a butcher, not from science, but yeah, that's fine. Because uh, it would, well, it would compromise it, probably. Yeah, they need, like, a fresh, super freshly killed pig. Yeah, uh, and wraps it up super tight. And sits outside for, uh, it should be two days. It's it's another science montage, so nobody knows. But, like, it would have been, like, at least two to three days of waiting for bugs. For bugs to arrive. And then he would have had to go through the entire first montage again, which takes longer than you think in the show. Because he has to wait for all the bugs to mature, and then he has to measure them all and look at it all again. So this entire thing, just Grissom alone, probably took about two weeks. I was going to say more like a month. Yeah, maybe. Right? Because like the adults come, they lay their eggs, you have to wait for the eggs to hatch, you have to wait for the... Well, I guess you only have to wait for the eggs to hatch, because you know how long that is. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, Maybe. Maybe. But then with his science, he determines that um, the tightness of the blanket actually meant that she had been dead for five days, because it took... The two extra days for the flies to, or for the bugs in general, to get in there and mm-hmm. lay their eggs uh, because the blanket was so tight. So 
He was gone for five days. So he killed her. Huzzah! Except nobody likes Grissom and his bug science, which I think is really rude, but I guess is probably a lot of the storyline, especially in the beginning. Yeah. They don't accept it as real science. Especially in, like, a forensics lab. Like, insects have been used for a really long time to figure out aging. And, like, people have known for a really long time that these bugs, like, eat dead bodies. So... I don't know. It's weird that, like, I mean, I could see maybe, like, lawyers and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but it's, like, well, other forensics people and cops. Yeah, and didn't really understand it. Like, the deputy sheriff was like, you could manipulate this to make it say anything you want. And Grissom's like, I guess, sure. I guess so. Because that's how Grissom is. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, like, that wouldn't stand up in court. It just seems like more like they're just mocking him of, like, this science is stupid, even though it's not. And he probably wrote a paper about it and presented it mm-hmm. at the North American Entomology Association. Or I just made that up. I assume that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a separate forensic entomology one. Probably. Well, maybe he went to both because it was so fancy. I have maybe. no idea. Um, anyway, at the same time, uh, Sarah's looking at the bullets because she was shot. And the bullets that the guy has are unusual, um, and it turns out that they're made, they're tipped with Teflon, and then there's blue residue left on the body that they didn't see until they re-examined her. And the residue matches and stuff, but I looked into this, and that's true, Teflon bullets exist, and they do, are tipped uh, blue, but the ones, at least now, in 2019, um, are, like... Almost the entire tip, like, a ton of it is blue. Like, it's very obvious. So it's right. a little bit strange that she didn't notice. Um, and then also, like, I guess the cleaning stuff that they used on the body would have interfered with testing the blue residue on the body for trace to match it. Because it would seem to me that that would be more conclusive if they looked at the trace from the bullet like, the actual chemical makeup of that. Yeah, they could have matched it to, like, a certain brand, maybe. Yeah, so that would at least held up more, because they were still, like, this is still circumstantial evidence. And I'm like, well... Well, it still is, because it doesn't prove that it was his bullets. It's just, like... Yeah, because they never had the original bullet. Yeah, even if they managed to, like, oh, yes, he did buy bullets of this brand. Like, you still... It's still circumstantial because it's not, like, a one-to-one relationship. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty much all there was to that case. Like, they, I mean, the guy gets arrested. Who knows what happens in court? But, um, okay. So the next case was about an art theft, but they think it's a missing person. Because they get called because there's a missing some so-and-so. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's actually, like, yeah, a a famous artist. Famous artist a piece by a famous artist rather than a person named such and such. And it's like this sort of like snobby art collector guy with like a fancy modern house, blah, blah. And so this picture, it's been like, he woke up in the middle of the night to a loud sound and it was whoever was stealing the picture. Um, like it fell off the wall while they were taking it off the wall, like the, or the hook came out of the wall. So it like mm-hmm. it fell and woke him up. Um, and then, they're trying to figure out, they're like, oh, well, it must have been an inside job because, like, your security was turned off and all that stuff. So they're, um, yeah, sort of taking prints and doing all of that. And they, the the guy doesn't want to, like, believe that it was an inside job 
I don't know, he's he's weird and kind of sketchy. Like, I think they're trying to make it think that your first impression is that he hired somebody to steal it himself mm-hmm. for the insurance money. Um, and so when they're taking prints around the wall where the piece is missing from, they discover an ear print. <laughs> um, so also, I guess this is as good a time as any is like, they are not wearing gloves or like they are, but they put them on way too late. Mm-hmm. They're just like destroying evidence left and right. Yep. Left and right. I can't remember the exact order. Oh, but... well then, yeah, then they match the ear prints with the get um, all the people in the house. And then they match them all there in, like, that guy's living room. Yeah, they, like, collect the earprints from anybody who had access to the house, which is, like, his wife, his sons, and, like, housekeeping and housekeeper and stuff. And then, yeah, they match it, like, at the crime scene in front of all the suspects. Super not. Yep, and also, like, no, I I don't, there may may have been, there was, like, no cop on this one. There There was no main detective. Yeah, there was a um, couple uniforms. There may have been some uniforms like in the background, uh, but there was no detective, which seems very strange. And there yeah, was no like, and this snooty art guy didn't wasn't like, oh, you're gonna take my prints? I'm gonna have my lawyer with me. Just, yeah, like I'm just here because I don't know what this what you're gonna do. Like, yeah, yeah, it was it was odd. And then it turns out it was the sun. And and then how does there's the UV part too comes into it? Yeah, they take it into evidence, but and then they're like something doesn't feel right. It's not finished yet, or for some oh, reason. Yeah, so the son's like, oh yeah, it's in my truck. I just like took it for attention. Yeah, so then they test that, and then they look at it uh, under UV light, and I guess the white paint that they used in the 1900s was different didn't have titanium in it so it wouldn't have fluoresced whereas like modern white paint would fluoresce under uv light so then they all go into this room with clear safety glasses to protect them from the uv light oh god it makes absolutely no sense because then they take the painting back to the snooty guy's house and everyone in the house puts on clear safety glasses yeah which also the lights are not off the yeah. room is fully lit, and they're like, here, look at this tiny UV light. We're going to shine over it this oh. in this bright room, and you can see it through your clear safety glasses. <laughs> and, like, it was pretty subtle when they did it in the dark room at the, you know, CSI shop. Like, it wasn't super obvious. Like, it yeah. was definitely, um, in a later season, it would have been, like, glaring, glowing, fluorescent. So it was, yeah, it was pretty subtle. And then, yeah, the fact that they could see it. And also they took it back to the house, even though it's still evidence. Mm-hmm. And then also the snooty guy knew right away. Like, they didn't even say what they yeah. were doing. He, yeah. They just showed well, a, sh- he They shined the light and he's like, oh, my paintings are fake. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, maybe. Because if he was a snobby art collector, he probably knows about different paints at different timelines and how you would, like, test um, counterfeits or whatever. I guess so. I don't know. So yeah, so it turns out the son hired an art major person at university to recreate the painting. They were going to put it back and sell the original because his dad hates him and never pays any attention to him, only cares about his art, and it was terrible. Yeah, it made no, absolutely no sense. Cause... Well, and like this kid's acting was... Oh yeah. Challenging. Also the writing <laughs> was... Yeah. 
not it there wasn't a lot of like authentic emotion to this scene it was more about like here's a way that we can solve crime using uv light and earprints isn't that mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. and then fill in the emotions so. yeah yeah and uh then the third plot line isn't really worth talking about it's just nikki being adorable with like a super inappropriate flirty detective who he went on a date with and i don't even remember well something like hair in the trunk of a car and there was some blood but it wasn't they did forgot to test whether or not it was human because yeah, the person was actually was still alive and it, the blood was a dog. dog blood and the missing like the so-called missing person that was just like cheating on her husband yeah in a hotel like in a hotel room with some guy like not missing at all just had left her husband so yeah and like the the blood had been that they found that had been cleaned up was yeah dog blood and I don't know it was just like okay yeah it was pretty lame yeah <laughs> but that's okay it was you know early early days mm-hmm. did you want to talk more about um, bugs and yeah insects because we know that Grissom is an entomologist um, and it yes. would and as a scientist I know how much it bothers me when people mm. say the wrong words. So, yeah, so it doesn't super bother me when people call, like, something they see on the road a bug. Like, even if it's not an insect, like, I'm cool with that. But if people in a sciencey context are using the word bug, then it has a very specific meaning. So let's talk about insects. So I think we've talked a bit about this before, but insect. Oh, and our spider one. So insects are arthropods, and arthropods are a large group of invertebrate animals that all have jointed legs, jointed, legs, jointed bodies, and an exoskeleton. Insects in particular have three body parts and six legs, so they are the class Insecta, and there are gajillions of them, like actually. They found about a million described species of insects, but there's thought to be around five million total species actually, they just haven't gotten around to seeing them all yet, because there's so many. Um, And they're small, and they're everywhere. Um, True bugs are the order Hemiptera, or sometimes even depending on who you ask, like they even limit true bugs to be um, a suborder of Hemiptera called Heteroptera. So true bugs are things like cicadas, aphids, shield bugs. They have a really particular um, sucking and piercing set of mouth parts and they only undergo uh, partial metamorphosis. So they go, they don't have a separate larval stage like uh, butterflies or beetles. So there's absolutely no way that Grissom would call beetles bugs because they're super different for an entomologist. Um, Yeah, like, he would be very particular. So then if you talk about... Beetles are not true bugs. They're a different, totally different order called uh, Coleoptera. And they, of all the different orders of um, any animal, or any species, I think, there's no animal. The order Coleoptera has 25% of all the described species of animals. Holy shit. Yeah, there's a lot of beetles. Like, a lot. So it's kind of insane. Um, And I mean, lots of the colloquial terms for animals like ladybugs, those are beetles. Mm -hmm. They're not Mm -hmm. bugs. Yeah. But like, we call them ladybugs. So I don't know. It just depends who you ask. Um, And yeah, so beetles have full metamorphosis. They have a larval stage that's usually um, uh, some sort of maggot type thing, although maggots are often for flies. But yeah, if you think about larvae, common larvae are maggots, caterpillars little like 
worm-looking things. Mm -hmm. Then those go through a metamorphosis through a pupal stage and into an adult. So that's complete metamorphosis, and all beetles do that. So they find a bunch of beetles. They find uh, round fungus beetles um, are really, really small, like less than 10 millimeters. They're really like spherical, like hemisphere shaped, which is why they're called round. Um, I thought they were pretty cute, and they like rotting plant and animal material. I feel like usually, it's hard to know for sure, but usually beetles would colonize a body like way later. Um, The other ones that they find... Uh, or that Grissom mentions, are long-jointed bark beetles, which I don't think are, um, like, they're not necessarily beetles that would eat um, flesh, but I think they mostly would eat bark. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe they were there just because they were in the woods, and that's sort of just a local animal. Um, And then, so yeah, Grissom talks about musket flies, but like I said before, I think um, he was probably meaning blowflies. And then what happens is as the corp ages and dries out, it changes habitat. So you get like a succession of different insects that colonize the body. So when the body's really moist, it's lots of blowflies. And then when it dries out a little bit, some different fly species will start coming, uh, true flies and stuff. And then as it gets even drier, the body becomes too um, dry for the mouth parts of the little maggots to chew through. So that's when the beetles start becoming the dominant group. And then you get into things uh, like dermestid beetles are like among the last ones. And those are really commonly used by um, people who want to preserve skeletons. Like the most efficient way to clear flesh off of a skeleton is to just stick it in a box with a bunch of dermestid beetles and give them a while. Like they'll get every Mm -hmm. like tiny bit of flesh off of bones. Cool. Um, Which is kind of cool. And then, ooh, this part really kind of grossed me out, but I kind of like it, is um, usually the last ones to come are moths, and they eat the hair. (laughs) There's just bones left. Oh, it's so creepy. (laughs) Yep. I hate hair. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that might gross you out. So, (laughs) So, yeah, forensic entomology is like a pretty well um studied thing like you can collect adults you can collect larvae you can collect eggs you can also collect pupae yeah pupae and um casings so insects as they grow shed their exoskeleton and grow a new one because the exoskeleton can't grow um with them like mm-hmm. their bones so you would yeah you'd be able to collect molt you'd be able to collect um like the pupal casings all kinds of stuff and that would help give you lots of information about um the time the other thing that's really important in forensic entomology which like i think grissom kind of hints at but not very particularly is the weather is a key like insect um maturation times can vary drastically based on temperature and humidity mostly temperature so like you can keep um insect eggs like in a fridge some of them for like months and months and months with no they don't develop they just kind of like they don't die, they don't develop, they're just kind of mm-hmm. in like a um, hibernation-y kind of stage. So um, temperature is a huge um, factor into the timing of everything. And I think for lots of these common animals, they probably have like charts of like, you compare the temperature and the humidity and the species and like you'd get a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Yeah, so the accuracy is only as accurate as the data, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
how science works. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of how science works, hmm. so you mentioned before, in one point, they're not wearing gloves, and this is... I know that if you ever read anything, really, about CSI written by anybody that wasn't an entertainment writer, um, you would know that some of these issues... And it just gets worse as they go along. Um, it actually is a plot point in an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I just watched about not wearing gloves. Um, they're just never... Ever wear gloves. Like, it's very rare that they wear gloves. Um, in this episode, they're wearing gloves about a little bit. Um, at one point, they have an autopsy, and Sarah's not even wearing a um, scrub Yeah, thing. I mean, she's just in a regular clothes. Just in her clothes. Shedding uh, evidence all over the all body. All over the place. Their hair down. like, And um, having their hair down. Just all the time. All the time. And every single episode. Forever. Um, it's very rare that they have their hair up. So their hair is just falling in the crime scene constantly. Um, and, yeah. And, uh, it, you know, there's... A, it's not so bad here, but definitely in other things where the spraying of luminol. Like, they spray an insane amount and, like, basically contaminate the crime scene. Or they use yeah. an insane amount of fingerprint powder and contaminate the crime scene. Because fingerprints, you never know what else is going to be on there. Yeah. The guy had licked his finger or something, like... Yeah, so I, coincidentally, before this, uh, came across on my YouTube feed, uh, and we'll link to it in the show notes, this show notes, this video, um about like a forensic expert critiquing 20 crime scene uh episodes or like scenes from movies and tv shows and it's great because yeah like he all these things that get called out for example like there's one i don't remember the show in it but it's like somebody's like spraying like saturating the wall with luminol for like you know two drops of blood and like the the uh, character gets called out by another character for like destroying the crime scene, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I thought was good. And then there's another one too on the subject of gloves, where I think it's uh, NCIS. So the guy walks into the crime scene and he's got gloves on and he's got a, like you know he's he's uh, like wearing a hat and he's wearing like special clothes. He's wearing his gloves, touches his face, and then proceeds to you know touch the crime scene. Yeah. Like, yeah, the gloves aren't just decorative. Nope. <laughs> Nope. And, yeah, it's just, like, in some shows, um, in Inspector Lewis, actually, which is mm. a British show, they everybody wears full bodysuits, even the detectives, when they go into a crime scene, which makes way more sense. because way more accurate. Because you don't, like, if you touched, if your dog jumped up on you, and then you went to work, then you're just dropping dog hair in a crime scene, which would confuse people. Because we're like, where did this dog hair come from? Oh, it's the same species as so-and-so has. Yeah. Maybe he's the murderer. Yeah. No, it's just, I mean, I know they're trying to do a lot of stuff and, like, most people don't care. But I don't know. I always feel like in these shows, some shows do a really good job of accidentally, or not accidentally, incidentally, in the background, having this really close attention to detail. And I think not only does it sort of, make people who are nerds about that kind of stuff like us really happy but it also like shows a lot of respect for the details of these people's lives right like yeah not like not even just the real people but just the all the things that they're having to think about yeah I as agree. they walk through a crime scene like 
if you're showing them just like willy nilly touching stuff, leaning on stuff, like you're discounting the fact that they need to be really on when they're in a crime scene. Like they're doing an important job. So yeah, I don't know. That's the part I think that bugs me more than anything. Yeah, I think, I think, and this is something I've talked about in a lot of things, and maybe one day we'll start our um, deep dive podcast into Hallmark rom-coms. Um, <laughs> but the hair situation is something that has bothered me basically for my entire life, um, especially like spending a lot of my time watching CSI and ER. I was just like, you can't have your hair down. And uh, yeah. next to an open body. Yeah. Like, that's not allowed. Uh, yeah. And I don't care how sexy you need to look. You can look nice with your hair up. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're not wearing a surgical mask for other reasons. So it'll be okay if you have your hair in a ponytail or a fancy braid. Like, why not? Um, you know? Yeah, even... like, you can have cute ponytails. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it was. A, it's a thing that sometimes is ridiculous, um, even on, like, Buffy or something like that. But she sometimes would have her hair up when she went fighting. So it's just, like, clothes. Like, I understand that this is a television show. I understand how television works and how Hollywood works. But, yeah, sometimes it's just too much. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not asking for 100% realism, but just, like... And a glimpse into the reality of these people's lives. Like, I mean, my previous job, I ended up cutting my hair really short because I realized that I was wearing my hair in a ponytail all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, what's the point of having long hair? Like, not saying that's the right choice for everybody, but like for me, I was just like, why am I worried about having long hair when I never enjoy it down mm-hmm. and then because it's in a ponytail all the time it's got a big kink in it yep. so like yeah <laughs> it was for me it was more about laziness also because like if i was going out i hate blow drying my hair so I, I would also end up just putting it in a ponytail yeah it was easy so no it like i understand that and i like everybody goes through that and i've done that as well um yeah and but i worked at a job where i needed to have my hair up all the time and yeah so it was and people Literally, I would go to staff parties and people wouldn't recognize me. Yeah. Because they'd never seen my hair down. And then I'm like, Which that could be fun for a TV show. I mean, they do that all the time anyways. It's just not yeah, that drastic a change. A transformation because they're wearing makeup all the time, which is fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, some people do. Yeah. Some people at my old job wore makeup all the time. Yeah, and that's like, their that's... choice. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's just yeah. so ridiculous at points. Um but anyway, the other ridiculous thing that's not really a problem in this episode, but in CSI in general, is the turnaround time. Oh, yeah. So, like we mentioned, Grissom's bugs insect study probably took about a month, which is fine. Like, they never discount that. They never say the opposite. It's not really an issue. Like, solving crime takes as long as it takes. I always kind of, like, assumed when I was watching this show as I, like started understanding it like the episodes were kind of braided together so if you have one episode and like once it got into more serial stuff that doesn't really make as much sense but it was just like the standalone like let's say you have like three standalone it would be like the beginning of one and then the middle of one like on this in the same week it would be like they would be in three different episodes but like we're just getting them one episode at a time yeah like in this episode they start the first scene after the credits is they all get their assignments and that's totally fine like they find the body in the cold open 
as they do. They, everybody gets their assignments and then they go off and there's no, um, there's nothing to say that the one was finished within two days, one was finished within a week and the other one was finished in two months. Like there's nothing to exactly. contradict that. So that's fine. Yeah. It's more of the other time turnaround times when you come to DNA and probably oh. trace analysis and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So the DNA is a really bad one. Maybe we'll like, talk about it more in another episode. Yeah, but. but DNA takes time because they have to, they basically collect DNA, copy the DNA, like so grow more DNA that's a duplicate of it, and then t- study it. So like, it takes time for the little bacteria machines to cook more dna for you yep. like it, it's a time-consuming thing and like it has sped up in recent years versus how long it took even like in 2000 or even like even 10 years ago um it's a lot faster now but it still takes time and like there's a limit to how fast it can be definitely oh and just like the and just in general of how sometimes the csi guys uh, do the trace and sometimes their lab techs do it and that seems yeah. just plot relevant, I guess. I don't know. I think it's plot driven. Yeah. Yeah. Because in reality, it would be like the crime scene investigators would be like collecting yeah. it and then like doing the reports on it. But they wouldn't be the ones actually like testing if this chemical is X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Dead. And they would never be in the um, interrogation room ever. Uh, no. Oh, no. Like they would go to court, no. but not the interrogation room. Oh, well. But then you need drama. I know. And Ugh. it's fine. It, it just gives fine. us a lot of things to talk about, and we just have to be careful that this doesn't turn into an all CSI podcast because we love CSI. Yeah, we have a long history with CSI. Mm-hmm. Me and Lindsay. Uh, yeah, no, like I said at the beginning, it was like traveling back in time, like sitting on the couch, hanging out, yeah. eating dinner, watching CSI. Like, that's, yeah. Yep. My, like, whole adult life until. Well, until I gave up on the show, because... Oh. Yeah. Although we did watch the finale together, and oh, that was rough. Yes, we watched the finale, and we watched lots of epi- other episodes together. Oh, but, yeah. And then we spent yeah. uh, three months together in a very hot room in Australia, and oh. we bought uh, season three, I think? Um, I think it was season three. Yeah. And because it was, like, I don't know, like $10 at HMV, because it was a long time ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we would just watched it. Yeah. Because why yeah. not? Why not? Sometimes you just need something familiar and delightful to get you through and help you save money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which was basically the whole the plan. The whole plan. So, yeah. So this brings us to the close of our first and possibly not only CSI mm-hmm. episode. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. If you have recommendations of other CSI episodes that you think would be great uh, or other questions about forensic stuff, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nature Finds a Pod. Or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. Uh, thanks, and don't forget that you can subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye!